You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be previewing Kentucky basketball's matchup with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Huge one tonight for the Wildcats. We're going to talk about the matchups, going to talk about what Arkansas is doing currently, going to talk a little bit more about what Kentucky could gain from this game. I know that's been a point of emphasis here on the show about quad one wins and all of that as the season starts to wind down. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and then obviously going to give our score predictions for the game as well. If you have a score prediction, just going to go ahead and say it right off the top. You can leave it in the YouTube comments below. If you're listening on podcasts, you can hit me on socials at LockedOnUK on Twitter. Let me know what you think about the game. If you're watching or listening to this after the game has been played, let me know what you thought. You can leave it in the YouTube comments below. We're going to have a post-game recap up tomorrow as well. Again, thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, Please, it would be mean a ton if you subscribe to the show. Got a lot of fun content coming up as we get into the thick of things here. March Madness on the horizon, SEC tournament on the horizon. I'm going to be at the SEC tournament in March. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to hang out with some of you guys there. If you are there, it's going to be a lot of fun. So subscribe, stick around for the ride. It's going to be great. Kentucky has another opportunity to get a really, honestly, solid win at home against a team that was projected to be one of the better teams in the SEC heading into this year. A brief stretch in the middle of the year where Arkansas just kind of fell apart maybe has held them back from the, those expectations and sitting at 16-7, and 5-5 five and five in the league. I think some fans of the Razorbacks would call this season somewhat of a disappointment thus far. But part of it has not been their issue. I want to say this up front. Part of it has simply been because the Razorbacks have had injury. Two of arguably their better players coming into this year, Nick Smith and Travon Brazil, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Both of those two players are out with injuries right now. Uh, really, really disappointing to see those two very talented players. Nick Smith, obviously a massive five-star for them. Very disappointing to see those two guys kind of have to take a step out of this rotation. Uh, they were two very, very highly touted prospects and two guys that were going to make this team really go. You could argue that those guys were maybe a reason why Arkansas has lost some of these closer games. They lost to LSU by three. They lost to Missouri by three. They lost to Baylor by three. If they had those two guys, you could probably see a little bit different of a picture painted for the Razorbacks right now. But as it stands, they don't have those two guys, and they head into this game on a two-game win streak. They've won four out of their last five after losing five out of their last four in the middle of the season, and here we are. This is one of the biggest games as we head down the stretch. It's one of the more difficult games for Kentucky. Of course, a reminder, if you've been listening to the show or if you've been looking at the schedule, the Wildcats still have to play Arkansas again to end the season. So this is going to be a tough one. And I want to start off the top here with what Arkansas does really well, because I think it's important to note whenever you talk about the Wildcats. Arkansas has a really good defense. They have one of the best in the SEC. It's not the best in the SEC because of how good Tennessee has been playing, 
on that side of the ball. But it's certainly one of the better ones in the conference. They are 13th nationally in adjusted efficiency defensively, and they do a lot of things well. They block shots. They prevent two-point baskets. They steal the ball. They create turnovers, and they shut you down effective field goal percentage-wise. I mean, every single statistical category, they're really, really solid in. Outside of free throw attempts per game, which is a little bit high, I think, for what Arkansas may want to do on that end of the floor, and it may be an interesting part of this matchup specifically tonight. But overall, I think Arkansas is a very, very solid defensive team. Credit Eric Eric Musselman for getting this team prepped and ready uh, for another season. You know, three years in in a row now, if I'm not mistaken, Musselman has had a top 15 defense in college basketball. And he's done it with a bunch of different transfer portal players and new additions. There has been hardly any sort of consistency on Arkansas's roster for several years now. That's why Musselman's known as the importer, and he's gotten his guys to play really good defense regardless. In 2021, uh, Arkansas was 70th nationally in Division I experience. In 2022, they were also 70th. In 2023, this year, they are 258th. Excuse me. They don't have a lot of experience this year, so they've not gotten those transfers that they normally get, those really, really old guys that are able to go out there and execute and be a veteran presence. It's some of these younger five-star kids, and they've been executing really well on the defensive end. Scoring-wise, though, if you want to look at what they're doing on that side of the ball, Ricky Council is one of the better scorers in the SEC. He's not the most consistent three-point shooter, but he's an excellent foul shooter, really, really solid in that area as well. Just creating from every single part of the floor, I think Ricky Council, who is averaging over 35 minutes a game, is going to be a huge matchup in this one because of something that we've talked about quite a bit whenever Kentucky matches up with people, dimensions. So before I go any further, before I go breaking down Council or the defense or anything, the other thing I think that is huge outside of Arkansas's defense is their length. They are 10th nationally in average height, 10th in the country. One of the tallest teams in the nation. And what have we discussed about Kentucky whenever they match up against defensive-minded, lengthy teams? They don't play well. Most teams don't. Most teams don't. But Kentucky particularly has not been able to perform in close situations. You look at the game maybe against uh, Michigan State. Pretty solid defensive team. You look at the game against UCLA, who's one of the best defensive teams in the nation third nationally in adjusted efficiency. Kentucky got shut down. And then you look at teams like Alabama, who is playing solid defense. You look at teams like Kansas, who are playing solid defense right now. I mean, there are several, several points in this schedule where Kentucky has just faltered against really solid defensive opponents. And they're all sitting there in the top 30, 35 nationally. Alabama fifth, if I'm not mistaken. Kansas is in the top 15 as well. UCLA, like I mentioned, is third. I mean, there's just a consistent string of when Kentucky plays a good defense this year, they don't score and they lose. So that is the interesting point to me heading into this one. They've got length, they've got a stout defense, and then they've got a star player in Ricky Council, six foot six, two hundred and five pounds. Last time out, we saw we saw Kentucky really struggle against Kansas with their multitude of forwards that they had, not just Jalen Wilson, but K.J. Adams and guys like him as well. So it's going to be another interesting test. How does Chris Livingston, 
How does Jacob Toppin, how does his front court as a whole in that three spot perform against the Razorbacks? And I'm not talking offensively. I'm talking defensively. Anthony Black, one of their somewhat point guard slash forwards is six foot seven. He's a problem on the defensive end of the floor. Devontae Davis is six foot four. Jordan Walsh is six seven. Makai Mitchell is six nine. I mean, they go deep in this rotation. And they don't have a short guy on their on their team. Jalen Graham is six nine. How is Kentucky going to defensively play against this team? I think it's very interesting to note that Arkansas is one of the better teams in the nation in terms of two-point field goal percentage and two-point percentage in terms of how much they get overall in terms of point distribution. Let me rephrase that because that wasn't a great way to phrase that. They are 11th nationally in percentage of points that they get from two. They get 59.7% of their, their points from two. They have a very lengthy team. They play good defense. And what does that tell you about Kentucky on the offensive end of the floor? Uh, they may struggle at times to get baskets, and Arkansas may be the one just kind of running in transition uh, and getting baskets on their end. It feels like a bad matchup, right? It feels like a bad matchup. I want to focus a little bit more on what Kentucky may do in this game in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lock On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's right, that's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown, all of that good stuff, and it's all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, continuing along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. The midweek madness as we grow closer towards the end of the season. Arkansas coming into Rupp Arena, a really tough opponent here for the Wildcats, I think stylistically, and then a matchup for each individual position. I think it's going to be difficult for the Wildcats to kind of handle. But we mentioned there just a second ago about how Arkansas has a decent amount of length and they may use that to their advantage, particularly getting to the rim on the offensive end of the floor, and then also on the other side, protecting the rim pretty decently. But there are a couple of players I want to highlight here for the Wildcats that could end up doing damage in this one. In case you're wondering, Ken Palm predicts that this game will be won by Kentucky. 72-69 to is the final score they predict. It's a 58% chance for the Wildcats to win, so this could go either way. But there are two players that I think could really flip the script here. One of them, you know, I have talked about quite a bit this season, particularly over these last two weeks, and that would be Jacob Toppin. Now, if you've been paying to J- paying attention to Jacob Toppin, you would note that he is currently playing like one of the best te- players on this team, and uh, he's, I think, in my opinion, asserted himself into the, hey, this guy is probably going to end up being somewhere around a first-rounder. That's just my opinion. I think Jacob Toppin is playing really good basketball right now on the offensive end of the floor. We need to see more from him defensively. Are we going to get that? 
I don't know. I'm not sure. We didn't see it against Kansas. Maybe you rotate in against an offensively challenged team like Arkansas, and maybe you start to find some success there. I think that's possible. Something that I did not note in the first segment there is that Arkansas is a really terrible three-point shooting team. They don't take a lot of shots from three, and when they do, they're pretty pretty much not going in. I mean, as is tradition here in the SEC. I mean, everybody's really struggling from beyond the arc outside of maybe Kentucky. But this Wildcats team has a power forward on their roster that can maybe do some damage back to Arkansas. We mentioned it on yesterday's show. I want to go through it one more time for you guys. Look at Jacob Toppin's game logs over these past few games. Over these past five, he scored 17, 12, 14, 18, and 17. In those five games, he has shot at least 50% from the floor. In all five of those games, he's taken at least seven shots. He's getting it done right now. Offensively, he is doing what you want wanted out of your power forward to begin the season. This is the Bahamas Jacob Toppin that we were expecting. This is what we were expecting out of this front court. Oscar Shebway to do what he does scoring the basketball, and then for Jacob Toppin to be a really fun, uh, finesse, fun type of transition player that can get stuff done in the mid-range and can be explosive and bouncy. I think that he is going to be another important factor in this one. We talked about the Kansas game. We talked about the South Carolina game, about how important it is for you to not just get your star player going, but it's really important that you get some of your role players clicking as well. Jacob Toppin, I think, needs to pop off in this game. And then as a whole, I'm not saying that Jacob Toppin needs to be the star player. Look at what Kentucky's doing right now. They've won six out of their last seven games, the one loss being to Kansas. They've They've won six straight SEC games. What is going to be the key for them finding a team victory? It's going to be a collective effort from the team. You look at that game against Florida. We broke it down on yesterday's episode. You look at the game against Mississippi. We broke it down just a few days ago. These two games included players all all across the rotation stepping up in different ways. And when you look at the game against Florida specifically, it was scoring balance all across the, the, the roster. Excuse me, the rotation. It was really, really solid stuff. John Calipari, I think, is really starting to figure out how to utilize this rotation properly, and it's showing results. There are people out there that are very upset right now with John Calipari, and I understand some of you. But as a whole, I think we need to be appreciative of the fact that things have turned around somewhat over these final few games and there's so much opportunity for them to do more until the thing fails let's not sit here and say it has failed Jacob Toppin, Antonio Reeves, Kaysen Wallace, Severe Wheeler, Oscar Shibway, CJ Frederick, Chris Livingston, Lance Ware if he's able to play all of these guys are going to need to contribute in some type of way this isn't going to be like oh some kid scores 30 and that was game As the season winds down here, I think it's very clear what the Wildcats are. They are a well-oiled machine, and they're winning if every single player is contributing. On the offensive end of the floor, they're going to need to see some of their threes go down. They just have to. Simple as that. They have to see some of their threes go down. I'm not sure how many Kentucky's going to want to take because we've seen them go on and off from beyond the arc, 
depending on what the matchup looks like. So I'm curious. I'm really curious about this game. Arkansas plays good defense. They're tall. They're athletic. Kentucky has struggled against teams like these. But Kentucky also has momentum. They've won quite a few games recently. They feel comfortable, I think, with with where they're at right now. And they've got a really ruckus crowd, really loud ruckus crowd for Rupp Arena tonight. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really difficult, I think, for Arkansas. I'm curious to see how Kentucky handles business tonight. I'm going to give some final thoughts, you know, talk about the net rankings, talk about different things like that to kind of wrap things up here. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you have got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays just about a month ago, and my goal, like I mentioned uh, over the past couple of weeks, is to eat a little bit healthier this year. If you're like me, you know, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then we've got just the thing for you. You have got to try Built. With Built Bars, healthy is actually tasty. You may ask, well, what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And on top of that, they taste really, really, really good, taste like a candy bar, while maintaining amazing macros. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. They're really, really good for you. They taste incredible. And now, you don't need to wait around to get a box. So for years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or your Sam's Club. You can head to your nearest Walmart today. You can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. If you go to Sam's Club, you can get a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro. Or if you can't get to either of those stores, you can always order Built Bars at Built.com. Would highly encourage you guys to check this out. You can thank me later. All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you. If you've not subscribed to the show already, it would mean a ton if you went ahead and did that. Again, on YouTube, we are climbing ever so close to 3,500 subs, if I'm not mistaken. And then on podcast, it would mean a ton if you followed the show and left a five-star review. Let me know what you think about the show. Let me know what you're thinking about Kentucky basketball heading up uh, as we wrap up the season here at Locked On UK on Twitter is where you can find me if you want to share any of those thoughts uh, with about the Wildcats. So, Kentucky right now, as we have discussed, is currently in the midst of what could be a revitalization of what people have perceived to have been a lost season. And I think that there are some, some opportunities for Kentucky to really get a big, uh, several big victories here as the year winds down. Tristan, uh, Tristan per- Ferris, I believe is how you pronounce his name, Tristan Ferris, on Twitter, at Tristan UDA tweeted out and pointed out that Kentucky has five quad one opportunities over the final eight games. So you've been listening to this show. I know you have, but I'm going to walk through what the net rankings are real quick one more time for anybody out there that doesn't know what it is. So the net rankings, if I'm not mistaken, were introduced just a few years ago, and it's another way for people that are creating NCAA tournament seeding to track how these opponents or excuse me, how these teams are doing. And so it's a mathematical equation. It's, a, it's a, just a numbers-based system that puts together all of these rankings for every single team in Division One, And they rank them accordingly based on how, who they've beaten, how they've beaten them, how healthy they are, what players that they have. And then on top of this, and this is what you see, they divide 
all of these teams into four different quadrants. Quadrant one obviously holds the best teams in the country. Quadrant two holds some good teams. Quadrant three holds some some lesser teams. Then quadrant four has the worst teams in the country. In case you don't know, there are over 300 teams in Division One. There are 363 this season to be specific. Kentucky right now is 31st. They're 31st in the net rankings, and their strength of schedule, I think, is particularly weak. Because when you look at the quad one wins that they have, and the goal is to get as many of these as possible, Kentucky has played seven quad one games, and they've lost six of them. Six of them. They're one and six. Now, they've beaten all their quad one and quad two opponents, but they lost six of their seven opportunities to get some really solid resume builders. They've got five more of them to end the year. Just goes to show you how tough the end of the year is. They've got five more. Arkansas is a quad one game. Georgia is a quad two game, which is surprising to me. Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Florida are all quad one victories. Auburn's a quad two right now. Vanderbilt's a quad three. And Arkansas is a quad one to end the year. So you've got two quad one opportunities against Arkansas. You've got three of them against Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Florida. You got two quad twos against Georgia and Auburn. Guys, this schedule has set up to where if Kentucky is going to start playing their best basketball heading into March, it would be perfect because of how their schedule sets up with the difficulty. They've got to be able to pick up some of these wins. They've got to be able to. It starts tonight, and then you work your way through those really tough games at Mississippi State, Tennessee at home, at Florida. If you can find a way to win, I don't know, three of these quad one games out of five, you're all of a sudden talking about a completely different team in terms of tournament seeding. We've talked about it before on the show. There are eight games left right now, and here's here's the thought process. Kentucky could go four and four in this final eight-game eight stretch. But if they, if they get four quad one victories, right, if they end up getting four quad one victories and they lose the rest of the games, their seeding is going to be significantly higher than if they lost four of the quad one games and only, only won one of them. Because again, there's only five left on the schedule. It would be significantly different. They could still go four and four. They could still have on the surface the same record. It just wouldn't look at nearly as impressive to people that are trying to seed March Madness if they don't get those quality victories. I feel like I've said the same thing over and over again for for a week now. But look, Mississippi, Florida, Arkansas, and Georgia, those were the four games after Kansas. I said I think we we have a shot to go 4-0. We've beaten two of those opponents. Do we beat another one tonight? Right now, I'm going to say I don't think so. I want Kentucky to go out there and prove me wrong. For tonight's individual matchup, I'm going to say no. I said it was possible that we could go 4-0. I still think it's very possible. I mean, ESPN thinks that we're going to win this. The odds makers think we're going to win this. Right now, Kentucky's favored by 5.5, depending on where you look. The Wildcats are projected to win this game. I'm going to say no, and I want them to prove to me that they can actually do it. Of course, what does it matter? Who's trying to prove anything to me? doesn't matter. But for my validation, my individual validation, I want to see the Wildcats go out and pull this one off, but I just have my doubts because, again, of what what matchup-wise this team looks like against them. So that's my thought on that. If you've got any thoughts about this game, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Drop a score prediction. 
I think Kentucky's going to lose this game by five. That's my final score prediction. I think Kentucky's going to lose maybe something like 75-70, 69-74, somewhere around there. Drop your score prediction in the comments below if you're listening on podcast at Locked on UK on Twitter. You can follow the show. Make sure you follow over there at Locked on UK. Follow me on, uh, on Twitter. Man, really checking out here as the show winds down. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. You can also follow, follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. I finally lag, logged back into the account, guys. I'm back. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments. I will see you all tomorrow for another recap episode of this game. Have a great rest of your day, and God bless.